0: So today we're continuing with our series, Learning to Walk in the Dark. We've been exploring what is, what is darkness all about? Can we reimagine what it is like in this darkest part of the year, in, the, in a year that's been really dark? Now, so I've, I've noticed people have been making Christmas bigger and better this year um, with their decorations, with how they're thinking about things. Uh, so like this house, you may have seen this image going around of the giant Christmas tree that's in the house poking through the roof. <laughs> bigger and better Christmas. Or, or maybe you saw this one about just finding anything to become Christmas decorations, right? <laughs> Even a pile of laundry. Because we want to decorate. We want things to be great and big and marvelous, especially when things are dark. And the thing about it is you can decorate as much as you want. You can put out as many lights as you want. You can put out as many decorations as you want. But you still got to wait for Christmas, it's still going to take some time. You still got to wait until December 25th, just like we still have to wait for birthdays. We still have to wait for everyone to get the vaccine. We still have to wait for the pandemic to end. There's still a lot of waiting to do, and waiting is something we really struggle with. It's just so, so, so hard. A few weeks ago, I went to the post office with this big bucket filled with packages that Percy the Penguin was going to send out to all of our kids here at the church, all of our young kids. So we had like 36 some odd packages and I thought this would be really quick we would just go drop it off they'll be able to mail it well it turns out they had to take each package I felt so bad for the post office worker they had to take each package put it on the scale and weigh it type in the address print out a little sticker that they could stick on there with the address and where it was going and then put it in a bin it took forever it took over 20 minutes to do this and I, I was feeling Horrible. And not just for the post office worker, but while I was there, two other people came in and they were waiting in line behind me. And and one of them, her granddaughter was with her, and the granddaughter's seven or eight years old, and she's just kind of wandering around, you know, she looks miserable. And I feel terrible because I'm the one making her miserable. And so so I said, hey. I know what it's like to to go to the post office and wait. You know, I used to have to go with my mom. It was terrible. I am so sorry you have to wait, but I'm mailing out all these packages to my friends. And she kind of gave me this look that said, hey, mister, um, I get you're trying to be nice to me, but I'm still really bored here. (laughs) And so I just tried to chit chat and make things light while we waited the rest of the time. And finally, finally things wrapped up. I thanked the post office walk- worker. I thanked uh, the, the two ladies and the little girl for being so patient and waiting. And I walk out into the lobby, and there is a line of fifteen people just lined <laughs> <laughs> up. And I out of my mouth come the words, "Oh!" And someone looks at me and they say. Would you like us to clap for you? <laughs> and I said, Yes, please. That was a horrible experience. I've never been the front of a traffic jam before. I've always been waiting in line, just like you. Today, I was the cause of it, and I feel terrible. You know, I'm making all these jokes, kind of trying to like inch my way out, so an angry mob doesn't get me. Uh, they were. I'm kidding. They're all great. They're all very nice. Um, but we hate to wait, right? And, and I felt bad for making people wait. This is something about waiting, you know? This is the magic of Netflix. No longer do you wait one week to watch the next episode. Could you imagine such a thing? No, now you just watch the next one, right? uh, This is, we're just so against it. But in our text today, this is exactly what the shepherds are doing. The shepherds are waiting, and they're not just waiting anywhere, they're waiting at night in the dark. And, and you've heard this story, it's, it's the classic Christmas story from Luke chapter 2, but I want us to look at it from a different lens today. I want you to pay attention to what are they waiting for? Why are they in the dark waiting? What, what are they expecting to happen? What are they waiting for? So let's read this, it comes from Luke chapter 2. Nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angel stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid, Look. I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. They said, glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us, and may God add a blessing to the hearing, the reading, and the living out of this Scripture. Now, did you notice what the shepherds were waiting for? The, I think the classic way I heard this story when I was growing up was that the shepherds uh, were watching their sheep at night. But but this translation is a little more accurate. It says the shepherds were guarding. Their sheep at night. What are they guarding them from? Oh, wild animals, people that might try and come and steal them or take them, or maybe even the sheep's leaving and running off. So they're in the dark, waiting on something terrible to happen, which is often how we are. When the dark comes, we're waiting on something bad to happen. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The darkness just kind of has this thing creates this thing in us, releases this thing in us. It says, oh, something bad's happening, something scary's happening, something not good. And on the flip side, because darkness is a paradox, on the flip side, darkness also creates beauty, gives us peace, shows us uh, everything's okay, everything's calm. And this this is, I think, a really important piece to pay attention to. In the Greeks, they had this goddess who was one of the first goddesses. Her name was Nyx or Nyx, N Y X, and she's the goddess of darkness. And the goddess of darkness uh, uh, terrified people because she—you die in your sleep. Right? It, she'd create anxiety and fear and worry, and yet also, she was also the goddess that brought sleep and rest, and restoration and peace and calm. Right? Two sides of the same coin. This paradox this goddess of night and darkness. Now, what's interesting in Greek mythology is that from this goddess is born day and light. So out of darkness is born light and day, which is interesting to me because in the Jewish scriptures and in our Christian scriptures, this is is how we understand the story too, that in the story where God's creating the world, there's darkness. And out of the darkness. God creates light and day. And I point this out not to give you like a lesson on Greek mythology or things like that, but to say there's something in this that transcends religions and mythologies and our fears of the dark, something that says, hey, it's, it's true. We find it true in our lives that light comes out of darkness, that out of darkness light is born and day is born, which is what the shepherd's story teaches us and shows us and reminds us of. So the shepherds are standing there and an uh, angel or messenger comes up. And says The text says the Lord's glory shone all around them. And when I think of that, my first thoughts go to, and maybe yours too, like a Monday night football game under the lights like, where the darkness is just completely gone and it's not around anymore. Or, or a car dealership parking lot where it's all lit up right? We imagine just full-on brightness surrounding us. But think about what it's like when it's dark. When you get up at night and you go to the fridge and you open it up and you go, oh, I can't see because the, fr- the light's so bright. Or when you wake up early in the morning and it's still dark and your, your alarm's going off in your phone, you don't want to look at it, right? You're flailing around trying to find it because if you know if you look at it, that light's going to blind you. It's going to be so bright. But it's just a tiny little phone, When I get up at night, I I use my watch, actually, as a flashlight, and I hit this little button that lights it up so I can read the time, and I just point it in front of me. And (laughs) this is how I walk around my house, because this little bit of light just expands and creates so much brightness in the darkness. That light in the dark is extraordinarily bright. Surprisingly bright. Just think about a candle or a match or a firefly. And then the the really interesting thing to me is when you turn off the lights in your home, do you notice how much light is around? See, when I go to bed at night, I notice all the all the lights in my bedroom. And Danny says I have thin eyelids. I don't have thin eyelids. They're normal thick eyelids, but but I notice the light where I didn't notice it before, you know, like. On the TV, there's this little red dot that comes on the TV when the TV's off at night. Or, or I notice the microwave or the oven, the clock on it, it really lights up the kitchen when it's dark in there. Right? If you have a VCR or a DVD player, I know VCRs are old, but we still got them, right? Just the, the little lights on there, it lights it up. And, and those are things we don't even notice. We don't notice those during the day. We don't notice those when the lights are on, but when the, when the lights turn off, when it becomes dark, we notice that. We notice the lights are outside of our house that are coming in through the blinds. Things we, we normally don't notice, we see in the dark, and this is what I think the shepherds experience. That they're standing there and uh, an angel comes up and stands in front of them. You know, we imagine the angel floating in the sky. The text says, no, the angel stood in front of them. And the thing about the word angel is that it really just means messenger. And so you can think of the angel as a, a figure with wings and a halo and this classic image. Or you can think of an angel as just a regular person. Because sometimes that's what angel refers to in the Bible—just a regular person who has a messenger from God—and we still use this language today. You know, we say oh, that person was such an angel. What an angel that person was, because they helped us, right? They guided us in some way. We we have this interplay in English too, and so we can imagine an angel, or the text invites us to imagine what what exactly is happening. Is it an angel? Is it a regular person? Would they have would they have noticed? this figure, this messenger in the day or only at night? If it's a regular person, would they have paid attention in the day or only because they're on guard at night? And so they notice things. Things look different at night. Things light up different at night. Angels and messengers. I think that's, that's some of what we're being invited to explore. How do things light up in the dark? How does light show up in the dark? Do we see things differently because of the dark? And the, sh- the shepherds see this messenger, and then when they see this messenger, they see a host of angels, and then after the host of angels, they're able to see an ordinary little baby born in a manger to an ordinary little family. And I think sometimes when we're in the daylight, when, things, when everything's going great in life, We miss all the ordinary things that are really actually brilliant wonderful lights amazing gifts reminders of of the blessings that we have and the darkness sometimes helps us recognize this this was at least one person's experience kelly victoria's experience so she shared this story Um, just a couple weeks ago of her experience of the pandemic over the last nine months. And this is what she said. She said, I think everyone could use a lighthearted, happy story right now. So here goes. At the beginning of the pandemic, I went through some painful personal stuff and would often go out at night for long walks because no one was around and I I couldn't sleep anyway. One night I was walking down my street. I noticed that someone had set up a few little objects in a tree planter. And upon closer inspection, I realized it was a fairy garden with a little note about the four-year-old girl who felt lonely in quarantine. And I wanted to spread some cheer. And she wanted to spread some cheer. The next day, I wrote a little note to her pretending to be a fairy named Sapphire that had come to live in the tree because she had set it up so nicely. And I left it on the tree that night on my walk. And I said I would gift her with a magical fairy dice. I wasn't sure if she'd respond or even find the note, but it was fun just imagining what she'd think. The next night on my walk, I found this and immediately burst into tears. So I left a bunch of dice, left her another note, and also a little extra note for her parents with my name and number so they could contact me and know I wasn't some creep leaving notes for their small child. (laughs) And so they, they write notes back and forth every night, and this is what Kelly says. She says, doing this every night gave me purpose in a horribly painful and lonely time. I looked forward to my days again and started ordering art supplies and little trinkets to leave her. We wrote back and forth throughout the last nine months, helping each other feel less lonely, and I got to chat with her mom via text to make sure my gifts were a little more personal. At one point, she asked for a photo of me, and thankfully, I had some elf costume items from the previous Halloween, so I Photoshopped some photos of myself in costume looking like a fairy. She's changed me forever, and the things her mom said about her, how her self-confidence, her kindness towards others, and her creativity have skyrocketed since meeting me Make me feel like I made an impact, too. So then last month, Kelly um, was talking with the little girl's mom, and the mother said, hey, well, we're going to have to move, and so we're going to have to leave the fairy tree. And so they set up this whole meeting where they would just bump into Sapphire, the, the fairy, at the fairy tree, and this was a picture they took together, wearing their masks outside, and um, and I just thought, would Kelly have ever paid attention to a, a little fairy tree? Would she have ever paid attention to this little girl if she hadn't been going through such a tough time? If things hadn't been so dark, would she have noticed the light? In the light? There, there are things we just We just overlook. When everything's going fine when everything's bright and happy and cheery but in the dark there are things we notice small things ordinary things simple things that that we think aren't that important they aren't that brilliant they don't shine that bright in the daylight but they shine tremendously in the dark and so earlier this week i asked out on facebook i just said hey this has been a tough year what are some good things you've seen happen what are some good things that have come out of this difficult time right which is the same thing as saying it's been a dark year where have you seen the light and and a ton of people responded and the responses were all beautiful and all amazing and all wonderful i wanted to share just a few of them with you and so uh one of the people who responded responded was angela yates and she says i wasn't quite ready to be an empty nester having my boys back home Mm -hmm. has been wonderful i've cherished this time with them As a family, I think we realize we don't really need as much things as we thought we did before. And then Bonnie Little said, I have loved my family time. I've been able to teach my children empathy and compassion almost every day. Our home entertainment has been on point. Memories are so many and so great. Our house improvements were great. Love being home and having this time with kids. As a healthcare employee, I'm burnt out, exhausted, broken, saddened, by the least bit of human compassion and empathy for others. It's a battle between the best year and the worst year for me. Very hard. Our own April Eckert, she said, new friends from hospice. You know, April's April's hit me particularly hard because I thought they've had multiple people die in their, their family this year, since this time last year. I thought to be able to say, in the midst of that, to see this light, right? What, what a gift that is. Suzette Pendleton said, people have been so supportive and generous with our food service ministry drive-thru that's kept us alive and me in a job. And I think, oh, Callie uh, Carson said, I absolutely love cooking with my kids and spending time with them. It's also put more pressure in a good way for John and I to be the spiritual leaders in our home and not rely just on Sundays and Wednesday to teach the boys about God and Jesus. Whether it's memorization, songs, lessons, it's a beautiful time with them. I also love the daily devotions from fellow church members. Love seeing the talent of others and differing perspectives on the same scripture. And then Patience Brumley said, becoming more aware of the small things surrounding me that bless me. Saw a cardinal playing in my bird bath, splashing and having a ball, for example. All, right, all these things are examples of what people have noticed because it's been such a tough year. Things things we already knew, things we already paid attention to, we thought. But maybe they were overcome by other things in the light. And now that things have been tough, things have been different, things have been dark, we caught a glimpse of what we often overlook and don't see. So many people said over and over and over again, I'm remembering what's most important in my life. And I kept saying, well, what's most important? What are you talking about when you say that? And over and over and over again, it was family. Uh, You know, having a warm place to sleep. Not having to worry about food. Just the essentials, the things in life that we, we so easily take for granted. The things that we don't pay attention to when there's so much light. Right, the darkness, the darkness helps give creation to the light, helps us notice it, helps us pay attention to it, helps us notice that these small, ordinary, regular things in life, they actually dazzle in the dark. They become the most important things, the things that shine all around us, the things that make life bright and wonderful and a gift, and we would never see them. I'm convinced we would never see them if it weren't for darkness, that these two things are essential together to notice, to pay attention, to recognize how we're blessed, how God is working in our lives, is often seen when we're in the darkness, when we're in struggle, when we're in difficulty. And so these shepherds, they get to experience that. They get to see, here I am waiting in the dark for something horrible to happen, and here comes this gift of a messenger, and angels, and a baby, and this reminder that this is exactly where God shows up. This is exactly where God is working. And so my hope and my prayer is that we can, we can hold on to these things and remember what we've been saying. Hey, I remember what's most important. I've remembered what's most important. I, I want to remember what's most important too. Even as uh, vaccines are given and we start transitioning back to a more normal way of living, we don't want to forget what we've learned in the dark, the light that we've seen there. Because it becomes essential to our growth in love and giftedness and compassion and caring and becoming more like Jesus. So, don't push it away, but when the darkness comes, look for what is brilliant there. Because right there is your gift. Right there is what is most essential. And the birth of Christ reminds us of this. So, I'm going to invite you to take your hands, put them palms up in your lap, and let's say a prayer together. God, we give you thanks for the ways you work and move in the world. We give you thanks for the brilliance of light that shows up in the dark and these ordinary things, these things we often overlook, these moments that are difficult so often reveal so many gifts to us and for us. And so help us to notice, help us to pay attention, and help us to hold on to these, even when it's bright, to remember these things, these things dazzle in the darkness. And so we offer this prayer and the prayer of our lives to you through Christ. Amen.